0: Welcome everybody to the From Experience podcast. I'm Thomas Meister, your host, here with the super amazing co-host, Eric Peterson. Eric, how are you doing today?
1: These are some of my favorite days is having conversations with incredible people. So whenever I'm on this, chance starts a really good day.
0: Awesome, amazing. We have Gina Myers, Regional Vice President and Producing Branch Manager for Cross Country Mortgage. Gina, how are you doing today? What's cracking?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you, guys. I'm really, really honored and excited to be here and chat with you. And yeah, get let's, let's get it going.
0: Awesome. Honored you yeah. set the bar high. <laughs> <laughs> Gina, I always like to kind of ask people who, uh, so you and I are kind of just meeting for the first time. How do you have right. the unfortunate pleasure of knowing Eric Peterson?
2: How do I know Eric? Yeah. Oh, well, he was so kind to reach out after a, a Dave Savage interview that I did and and he, and I'm always impressed actually by your reach out because it's very thoughtful. Um and it's not the normal like hey, let me just give you a ring and you know, just kind of roll off the tongue what what's going on. I think his um ca- calls are very intentional and thoughtful and complimentary. So, of course, I was happy to connect with him and and yeah chat more about what makes us tick
0: yeah eric the moment i met eric i could always tell that he's very intentional and doesn't need to have an agenda to be connected with really awesome people Mm -hmm. and i've had the pleasure of just you know meeting with him a few times and and hearing some of those conversations and there is actually no agenda it's about just you know helping somebody or just being connected with them because you never know you know we don't know what the future holds and so as things change and evolve hey if you're able to add value to somebody, that's where it should be, right? Like if you remove, uh, this is actually something I'm stealing from Eric because I <laughs> took this from him. Is if you remove the money from the equation, you'll make mm-hmm. a better decision. So so
2: true, so true.
0: And I, I feel like I'm the guest, but
1: on that point, <laughs> I'm just picking on that on point, point we, really we pick funny. on
0: each other a little bit here, Gina. You'll you'll see that uh, there's always some fun, you know, back and forth happening. I was I was in the
1: car the other day with my family and and. As I was driving, I could hear my kids in the back kind of chattering. And I heard my daughter say, uh, very sarcastically how cool her parents were. Aww. And I'm like, and I'm like, I heard that. And then she's like, what I said, you were cool. And I'm <laughs> like, but I heard the intent in your voice. I mean, it wasn't meant to be true. It was meant to make fun. Of- I can't remember whether it was music Uh-oh. or, a, or something, but, um, uh, you know, I think intentionality is, is, uh, is important. And I think the way that we treat people is important. And it's why I love, you know, doing these podcasts with incredible people is we get, you know, we get referred to people continually who like kind of exude that. I see it more as a collective as a whole, like with my group, with my people and how we treat them versus this selfish mentality of how do I, how do I get ahead by destroying anybody in my path? Mm-hmm. So Anyway. Um, yeah. On that note, if you don't have a specific question, Tom, I'll jump in again.
0: <laughs> I know what you're going to ask. Why okay. don't I have Purell in my background? I'm sorry.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. I don't actually think I have any here in the office, but you, you guys must
2: win. not be clean or care you're... about germs. <laughs> no.
1: I'm telling you, I know a lot of people that get sick quite often. I feel like Tom's always sick, but I'm not going to make it <laughs> correlation. Allergies. Whatever. Sure. You, ever realize, you ever realize people do that? But anyway. We're gonna topic. To here's here's the thing. I'm gonna share something with you, Gina. That somebody uh, that I've known for probably 15, 16 years told me. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect metaphor because I'm actually drinking green tea. But yeah. he said he said uh, Eric, people are like tea bags. You never know what they're made out of until you put them in hot water. Ooh. Which, which will kind of lead Ooh. us into into the topic might that I steal like that to- later. It's good. It's That's really good. really good. And here's why because I think most of us, when, when things are really good and we're not stressed out, we're typically on our best behavior, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. when it's stressful or scary, whenever there's like a negative emotion behind it, like how we treat people then probably gives us the most insight as to who somebody is, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So so that being said, as long as you've been in the business, you know, the mm-hmm. people that work for you, like I'd love mm-hmm. to really dig into your mentality around how you treat people, like why they stay, mm-hmm. how you add value, them, like that kind of thing.
2: Okay, perfect. Well, on that really cool, um, you know, one-liner that you just gave, I'll also say, um, you know, this is a little different, but Warren Buffett said, um, when the tide goes out, you see who's been swimming naked. And uh, obviously, that's related to investors and people that really, uh, you know, in a bull market, you think they're the best, right? But we're experiencing right now a little bit of a different time it is simply still a market right it's a living breathing market but it is not as easy let's say and when that first started when i first started feeling that i did you know i am a human i did sort of lose some sleep right about my people about keeping everyone together um and uncertainty on the future. So I would be lying if I told you that I wasn't concerned about that and what would happen mostly to my people, because I know Gina's gonna be here, I'm gonna be here, right? But like, how many people can I bring with me was my main concern. Until I, you know, I like you guys, listen to podcasts, listen to books, go to coaching, and changed my mindset to reframe the, the comment of, or the thought of, you know, have I been swimming naked? And no, I haven't, right? Like I fully, I've implemented process systems, relationships, team culture, um, you know, to, to be successful. And now my brain has totally switched and I really wish it would for many others who I care for um, that they can just knock it out of the park, right? I don't think many of us have ever had an opportunity like we've had in our lifetime that we have right now. And, and so, yes, there's going to be a lot of attrition. Yes, there's going to be people that exit the market or exit the business and whatever business it is. But those of us that lean into the opportunity that, you know, every single day focus on actions, reactions, mindset, and keep doing the things, right? Every single day I have very, um, I'm a creature of habit. I do the same things. Um, my team holds me accountable. You can see I have a consequence wheel behind me. I I hate being punished. So yes, if I don't do my things, I have a consequence. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, I'm doing those things though to grow and to keep them and grow them. And I, you know, it's like, on the horizon, like the Phoenix rising from the sun, like that will be me. That will be the team, you know? So, um, I believe that to my core, I believe people will be more successful by working with me than anyone else. Um, and, and I, I relay that concept daily to the, to my team and to my referral partners. Um, so I would say a lot of the leadership is really around mindset and helping people reframe, you know what they're going through.
1: So I cool. we don't typically make a huge sidebar, but you really captured my attention with uh, attention when you said a consequence wheel. I would love yes. I would love for you to I'd love to see it like so tell me about the
0: concept oh, what it does, what's on it. I got to know what's on. That's it. actually what I was going to say is give us some examples. <laughs> oh, of I can read the them to
2: I've have memorized. Um <clears throat> so I am, uh, I, you know, the, in our coaching program, they ask you, how do you, how do you, how are you motivated by praise, by rewards, like material things or by punishment? And I'm always like, I love to be praised. I, I don't need a trophy, but I love praise, you know, probably why Eric got my attention Compliments, <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Okay. You know, I, I really like that. Um, And so, but I found that I wasn't always doing the things. I would get 75% of the way and say, well, I did my best for the day, turn out the lights and go home. And so I was like, if I'm going to be better on the other side of this, I have to be more efficient. I can't just work more, even though my husband tells me you're working a lot, but I, I need to be more efficient. So I... My coach said, "Well, then, it sounds like you need a consequence. Do you have that fun wheel in your office? Which most of the time we spin it for uh, Fun Friday. Whoever wins Fun Friday, there's a gift, right?" Um, and I said, "I do have a wheel." So I I talked to my team and I said, "I owe this to you, right? This is my main job is to bring in business, and I'm letting you down if I don't do that. So I need your help. And in order to empower you." I need you to hold me accountable. Now, when you say that to your assistant, right? She's not gonna. She's not gonna be like you told me, right? <laughs> she wants to keep her job. So, I empowered them by creating this wheel. So, what's on it? So, they got real excited about it. <laughs> too excited, in my opinion. But um, they they yeah. came
0: up with the things that are on it. Yes. Nice. Mm,
2: yeah. So, one of them is um, <laughs> working from home. I really like coming into the office because collaboration is key and I don't really understand how people will be able to grow in their career without being in front of each other. So they were like, we all get to work from home and stay in our PJs, okay, one mm. is I need to, if I don't do it, stop what I'm doing and in my like regular clothes, run a mile around the office. Another one is I have to do like a chicken dance, it was like silly dance on social media. Another is I have to host happy hour that night you know go out for happy hour and then another is uh, buy lunch for the office and then another is fill up everyone's gas tanks um, this is like Ooh. you know coming off of like really high gas prices <laughs> 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 so that's what they are that's right so now. Interesting.
1: you know the the most eloquently anybody ever put it to me was and i i didn't really understand the concept cuz they sound like the same thing you know you're either motivated towards pleasure or away from fear yes you know mm-hmm. and and what i realized and, and you tell me if i'm wrong is I think people that um, are typically are motivated towards pleasure tend to be in sales because it's (laughs) it's higher risk, right? Mm -hmm. Versus people that are really motivated away from fear, which is that we need that consistency and stuff like that. Um, But what was interesting was I remember, I think it was maybe a year or so after I had heard that, I was working with somebody that was going through like a really difficult time, especially financially. Sure. And me, I'm kind of in the middle. I'm, you know, I, it wasn't until later in, in, in not later in my career, but, um, you know, when, when the first mortgage meltdown happened that I did it through blind courage to try and be motivated towards pleasure than away from fear. Right. I mean, I, a lot of responsibilities, but this guy was going through something that it was, it was brutal. Right. And mm-hmm. it's and and, my solution would have been, you know, cut your expenses, mm-hmm. you know, make better mm-hmm. decisions. Like this guy, mm-hmm. literally went out and bought a brand new truck, like and not Whoa. like a cheap truck, like a super expensive truck. Whoa! Okay. And when I asked him why, he's like, "Well, because now I got to pay for it." <laughs> and so he he wasn't motivated away from fear; he was motivated by the fear to get towards pleasure. And Interesting. Yeah, I still the don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> it was. But listen, most just people so, don't do that. It's most not. people don't do that. And I will tell you though, I've, I've now known this person for gosh, uh, probably getting close to 30 years. Does, does he still have the truck? No, no, but that was, does he have truck? It's, it's, it's worked for him. He does it every time. Like he'll get into something like a really bad financial situation, mm. go do something like that. But that's what, hel- I don't know how it helps him dig out of it,
0: but mm. he does really,
1: really well. It's,
0: that's it's interesting. That's very that's a very risky strategy. One part of me is like, oh, I should try this. And then I'm like, this this does not sound safe. I'm like it really does. Yeah,
2: no, no, I cannot relate to that. I can understand it. Although I guess my only comment there is, you know, as you get older, the really cool part beyond, you know, obviously we, none of us like getting older and wrinkles and whatnot, but getting older, I think you just know more about who you are and what makes you tick. And I, I love that. I, I love that so much because I think during your life, there's different moments, high school, middle school, college, and, you know, you think how you thought and felt and, and uh, hung around. And, um, it's just so neat to like, look back on that as your older self and learn from it and realize who you are and comfortable in your own skin. So if that's what motivates that gentleman, then more power to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, one of the things
0: one of my one liners that I've heard, right. Is that leadership when times are, are good, isn't real leadership. It's when things are hard, like, okay, that's the kind of leader that you actually are. So uh, I just wanted to ask because I feel like having a process, right. Mm -hmm. Really defines like during hard times, like how you respond and how you react. And you also talked about mindset, right? So, you know, I'd like to talk in a second about maybe some of the coaching or, you know, self-improvement that you've invested in and how that journey has worked for you. I wanted to ask real quick, when did you create the consequence wheel? Like at what point was it a good time or a bad time?
2: A bad time. I mean, it was a couple of weeks ago, right? So, I mean, I don't know if bad is the right way, right? Tough, Tough. challenging, Challenging. (laughs) right? Um, Challenging because with the coaching, they are, you know, they're upping the outreach, right? So there was so many people we have to call on Mondays, they've increased it by 10%, um, you know, and, and doing uncomfortable things, Mm -hmm. which we all know result in positive outcome. Every time I've been the most uncomfortable, something good happens. So that positive reinforcement is certainly there for me because I know that that's what happens. Um, and I want to drive myself to do it. And it's hard to self motivate, you know what I mean? Sometimes, and those around you, maybe you're, you know, maybe you're superior to them, so it's hard for them to have the power to tell you what to do. Um, and I need it on a day to day. My biweekly coaching call is lovely, and I get all pumped up, but like I kind of need the day to day coach telling me what to do. So I empowered my team that way, and that was during a time when um, I, I wanted I wanted to increase the output of effort.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, like that, if, if you're, if you're not uncomfortable, right. If you're comfortable, then you're not growing.
2: My favorite like quote. Yeah. You're, you know, get uncomfortable, the most uncomfortable you can be. Right. And, and that's when you grow the most.
1: You know what though? I, w- I will tell you that, you know, I, I really appreciate people. I'm going to tell you about somebody really specific, uh, I won't, Obviously keeping the names out of it and stuff like that, but there was somebody that I was talking to, gosh, probably, I want to say earlier this year, you know, it's him. He's he's a he's a great producer too. He's got mm. a team. He doesn't have any loan officers that work for him, but he's got a team of, of four people that work with him. And I know that he's he gives so much of the accolades of his business to his team because they've been together for so long. Yes. And... As I'm sure most people did, um, his team made an incredible amount of income during mm. 2020,
2: 2021. Right.
1: And as things became more challenging or tougher. Yes. What he was talking to me about was he was working his tail off trying to keep them at that same income. Yes. And I'm like, I, I think people understand that we did really well because the market was crazy. Right. And to believe that they didn't feel like they got the reward based on what happened. How do you not believe that they're also going to realize that, you know, on the, 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 the other side of that is going to be, it's not going to look as great,
2: you know, Mm -hmm. based on
1: what's going on Mm -hmm. and the amount of, pressure that puts on people in a capacity where, and, and very similar to you, where you have people that work for you that, that you feel truly responsible for, Yes, a good and a bad. The good is the fact that you care that much about people shows mm-hmm. who you truly are as a leader, right? Like, it's not like, mm-hmm. hey, times are tough. You're all gone. It's how do I, how do I make this work? Mm-hmm. The, the negative becomes, you know, all that additional stress and pressure of figuring out, like, how do this is this is my family and how do i keep them together and yes. and stuff like that so you know if if somebody were to come to you with you know kind of that same thought process of like how do i you know how do i deal with that kind of stress as a leader like what would your best advice be to somebody for, uh, like that
2: sure well i just went through it myself and you're exactly right i lost a lot of sleep wondering how am i going to keep the group together, right? I built a team that would support a 200 plus, you know, 200 million plus production and um I don't have that right now. <laughs> you That's know, I'm I will probably end up around like 110 or something. So, do I I didn't need that many people to support and I spoke with the president of my company and he said, "You cannot outrun this. You this isn't something that you can like magically outrun. This is it ebbs and flows and I hadn't been in a a situation where it was addition by subtraction in my career it, ten years before I got into mortgage I was in corporate you know I salaried position in commercial real estate I switched into mortgage grew my team and that's all I knew that's all I knew was growth 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 and then when I got to the point of of having to make some really hard decisions it i I probably spent too much time thinking through it because I tend to do that as well but I will tell you that once the decisions were made, uh, I do think it, we went about it in, in the right way. Um, I obviously let the, I, you know, I kept my horses, right? My, my, my team, the, the people that have been with me that I have, that are the most important, I would say, right? That, 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 that know exactly how to get the job done. I don't know how to say this because I don't want to offend anybody, of course, but like, I kept my horses, player. right? Yeah, and um, I we let everyone go on the same day. You know, there's a few people, and so we had to. I met with them and and let them let them go, and then obviously we were like hugging, and um, they felt bad for me. (laughs) I was like, you know, it was kind of an interesting response. Um, and then afterward, I wrote them. a a letter of recommendation, right? A referral from me uh, specific about them. And of course, I'm a resource for them. So it wasn't like, sorry, it's not going to work out. You've been working with me for 10 years. Bye. You know, I continue to to support and help them, which, but then I think most importantly, afterward, I I gathered the rest of the team and we had a deep dive meeting. And I said, I I put my arms around them as I need you now more than ever. You know, this is, we're going to get through this together. And there were tears and emotion and they're so grateful for you, Gina. I'm like, wait, what? Like I didn't, you know, I didn't actually know it was going to be responded. They were going to respond that way. Um, so, you know, in the end, I think they also felt that like the, the, the right decisions were made and now it feels good. I mean, I, I hate to say that because we're, there's less of us, but it feels right. And, um, Everybody knows what they're doing. There's not multiple people doing the same thing, and we are all super focused on, you know, being successful and, you know, growing still. So, you know, did I answer that question? You, you,
1: you did. And, and the nice part about sharing is, look, I know that it's a hard topic for people to even discuss. But you know what? Just in, in, and you may have seen it too. But I've, you know, just in my tenure, I've I've just known so many people that even owners of companies who almost went bankrupt because they tried to hang on to everybody because they, you know, they felt terrible, Yeah. you know, and, but then there's there somebody else that I know that's, that's like, he's great guy, but very transactional. He's, he's like, no, he's like, I'm going to cut off my hand to save the arm, which totally makes sense. But you can tell there was no real emotion about just, you know, letting people yeah. go, but it's, you know, at least, at least to me, it's, it's always difficult to, sp- it was something that I was always really bad at for a long time. Because mm-hmm. I always felt that it was maybe my failure in why, in having to let somebody go. But you know, and, 100%. Yeah. And that, that's really difficult. But hopefully, you know, somebody watching this that is going kind of through the same thing will go, Hey, look, I get it. I mean, it's, it, you know, I could lose everything or have to make some tough decisions.
0: Right. So. Yeah. And you said that that was, I guess, your first time really going through something through that type of experience that you know in that way and mm-hmm. yes well, this is called the from experience podcast so i'll, I'll <laughs> point it out now that you have that experience and i guess to what i was uh, mentioning earlier and, and i guess i wanted to ask you that question now was obviously the learning never stops right mm-hmm. you, you mentioned a couple times you're in a coaching group mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you continue to just add obviously to yourself right you continue to get experience and to you know get new strategies and processes like, is there something that you feel like? At what point did you maybe like hit kind of like a catalyst for growth, or the other side of that? Like, what is something you consistently try and do to make sure that you're growing, right? That you're you're self-improving. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and this is not related to like the the most recent having to let go of people, right? Just like in general, no, 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 yeah. In,
0: in general, okay. Because, yeah, you can either you know a process. Yeah that started a yeah. while ago or
2: i'm always curious when i talk to other people that are that are content in their jobs where they'll say you know i had a friend that said you know i'm just sort of phoning it in and and i this is unrelated to mortgage and um, but you know it allows me to have flexibility with my family so then i wonder am i either she crazy be because she didn't, like, you know i what? cannot even imagine phoning anything in um, or do I not care about my family enough? <laughs> you know what I mean. And yeah. I was like, "What? Oh, sorry, Eric, were you going to say something?"
1: No, you know, you froze for a second. I'm like, "Oh no, it's like a you
0: left that part out, and
1: it's a mystery." But we we did oh. end up end up getting it. And did um- you?
2: Do you want me to repeat that?
0: or? Yeah, yeah, so here. So what happened was it just froze briefly. And I'm not sure if in the recording it's going to be that way. So yeah. So you mentioned that your friend had mentioned that he just kind of phones it in. So if you want to
2: Yeah, yeah. That, so we were talking about like jobs. And I love, and just like you guys, I love to ask people about, you know, Ford, family occupation. It's all that good stuff. Get to a deep conversation. I can't stand superficial conversations. So asking about, you know, her job and, and stuff. And she just said, you know what? I really, I'm kind of phoning it in right now because I get to work from home and I get, you know, my family and the situation. And so I, I thought maybe I'm a lunatic because I could never function that way. So I don't. I, what I question is, is it in my DNA, or maybe I don't care about my family as much as she does. <laughs> you know, I don't. I obviously don't think that's true, but um, I I've always been driven to to do better, you know, or to grow. And I sometimes wonder how do I turn it off, right? And I know that's also a silly thing to say. But it's constantly on my mind of like, how do I do better, be better, grow, help others? Um, and so I guess that's probably my DNA. And, you know, I, uh, my parents weren't um, sales or I was never surrounded by anyone in sales. In my whole, you know, growing up, my dad was an electrician for the same company for 40 years, and my mom stayed at home and uh, for for most of the time. So it wasn't like anything I saw or or was exposed to, uh, but what I was exposed to or what they constantly encouraged was, um, you know, a, a pro- additional practice. So I played softball and played in, in college, um, Division One, and and so like, they never pressured me to. Um, it was never like soup you know that that pressure that I probably put on my kids right now about um you know what were you thinking in that position you know what were you thinking in that play or whatever, but my dad and I every single day after practice would go hit more balls you know he would take mm-hmm. me to the batting cage or take me to the team. we always would do more, have more effort, you know what else can we do the little things so I think that has you know that was instilled in me very young too you know, it was very basic and humble stuff that we did, practicing more with effort. And I am i just think it's now in my DNA to want to do more. Um, so when I was at the corporate job, I was salaried and I was pretty bored, right? So like I was good at my job because I'm, I just, I can get stuff done, but I didn't, I wasn't engaged or I wasn't excited. So I did a lot of soul searching and figuring things out. Um, during that time, I created like a best practices group for women. I was in commercial real estate and commercial construction. So there's a ton of men. So I was like, where are the women, right? Like where where are they out there um, in this world? How do you do co- construction management and then like, you know, go home and take care of your kids because you're we worked all the time and weekends as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I created this group and I found a lot of success in creating something, right. Just like you guys are doing with this podcast, when you can kind of create something, uh, and get people involved, there was a lot of positive feedback. So mm-hmm. when I left commercial real estate and got into mortgage, I remember walking around the office and saying, how do you, I would ask people, how do how do you get the phone to ring? How do you get business? How do you build your book? And the guy's, sorry if I'm stereotyping, but there were mostly men and they were sitting there and they said, oh, just wait for the, just look at my phone, wait for my phone to ring and it will ring eventually and I'll answer it. Very
0: unintentional.
2: Yeah. And I, and that was so confusing to me because I wanted to be intentional about it. So a woman in the office actually said, I've heard of this coaching program. It's called the core. And I think you would really like be interested in it because it's, um, how to you know build your business. So yes, I got into coaching pretty much right away, uh, maybe about a year or two into mortgage because I just felt like I was reacting to things all day long. I had no idea what my day would look like or feel like and how I would build my business and got into coaching. And I'm I remember my husband saying, do you really need to pay somebody to have them tell you what to do? Why don't you just pay me and I'll tell you what to do? And I said, <laughs> no. And I was like, no. And, and he obviously understands now, but it has really helped put framework around your day-to-day activities, um, mindset, especially. And, um, that I, I, I love that. I crave that so much, that feeling of, um, you know, putting systems in place to be able to be more efficient and and help more people.
1: So you hit on, you hit on so many, Like I wrote so many notes just based on that dialogue that you had, cause you hit on so many things that, that I love talking about mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to hit them in order, but you know, the first thing that you brought up is like, Hey, you might think that you're, you're wired different and you probably are to some degree. Mm-hmm. Right. But here's where, you know, if you look at anybody that's really successful in what they do, or like, let's just take people that, that, you know, you see them on, on ads that they're just completely in shape, just, <laughs> barely even human you're like how do you even do that like i go right i go daily and i look nothing like that right
2: <laughs>
0: right but
1: you you realize like the discipline that it takes because they want it so bad
0: mm-hmm. right
1: one of the very first one of the funniest stories that i've that i've always shared was uh when i was a kid i always wanted to learn how to play the guitar right and when people would ask me why I'd be oh because i think it's cool yeah i thought it was cool but i also thought that girls liked it like they'd like yeah. somebody to play guitar. End right?
2: result. <laughs> yeah.
1: So that was my that was my real intent, right? <laughs> but 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 here was the funny part was it's one of those things that you feel like you missed out on. And then as you get older, you're like, well, why would I want to learn now? You just kind of just assume it's never going to happen. And then years and years later, as my kids got older, um, they wanted to take guitar lessons, and so I was excited, going, well, if you learn, then maybe one day you can teach me. Mm. And so. You know, got them all guitars, they're playing them. And just this one day their their uh, guitar teacher, I guess, said, Hey, do you want to join in? I'm like, Yeah. I get in there, 30 minutes later, I'm like, you know what? Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, yeah. the, the point really just became is that I I thought it was something that I really wanted, but once I put the effort into it and I saw how much work it was, the 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 balance wasn't there, right? Mm-hmm. And and the other thing, which I think is really important that most people don't think about when it co- uh, comes to phoning it in is when you realize how much of our life we spend yes. working side, do we do it <laughs> just going through the motions to make money to to, yeah. you know, to live? Or right. if you're truly lucky, I believe that your highest and best use, your core competency and what you really love to do, if you're really lucky, they're all the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And Very
1: rarely is that true. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, here's here's a question I love to ask people, because when you look at the most successful people that are in our industry specifically, mm-hmm. everybody thinks they just know them well enough to go, oh, well, you know, if I call them and we offer them like more money, right? Mm-hmm. Or a better this or a better that mm-hmm. without even knowing them, all right? What they don't realize is just by asking a simple question, which I've asked over the last year and a half, because I enjoy it. I'm like, hey, look, mm-hmm. we've all been at places that we've loved before and places that we've hated before. Mm-hmm. And, if yes. we were to... and I'm going to ask you this question, may as well, on a on a job satisfaction scale, one mm-hmm. to 10, I want you to think the happiest you've ever been, right? Mm-hmm. On a on the scale of one to 10 of, of, of 10 being happiest, one, like metaphorically, you want to jump out a window. Mm-hmm. is where would you put yourself on that on the highest you've ever been? What number would you put that at? Right now? Okay. What I, number?
2: I think I'm... Is that what you're saying? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. When I would say I'm actually quite happy right now. Okay. I am I mean, even in the, the people are like, oh, I have no loans. I'm like, this is actually kind of exciting time for me because now that I have over 10 years <laughs> of mortgage experience, which of course, Tiger Woods says, if you do anything for 10 years or like, you know, the equivalent... <laughs> That you're an expert, so I think my confidence is really high. I'm very calm. You know, I know what I'm doing. I know how to work through solutions, even though my team is doesn't look the same as it did at its height. I feel like I have a lot more control, and um, it it's exciting to see what's coming forward. When I went through tough, like my lowest point, you know, um, right before I made a change into mortgage was probably my lowest point because. I remember I had, you know, two two babies. I had like a two year old and a brand new baby and I was like, okay, let's go. Like <laughs> let's I have my children. Yeah. Let's go take the career. And so I remember speaking to um the president of the company or the equivalent and I said, I really would like to know like what do you think is in store for me or what are my next best steps? And they said, Well, you just had a baby, so you probably don't want to work Fridays. And I was like, what? This clearly is not where I belong. I didn't, I told you I've constantly was looking for people, looking for mentors, especially women in that industry, never found it. And you know, financially, I can tell you, I all I wanted to make was $120,000. Like I thought if I made 120 and my husband, you know, made, and I never really even thought beyond that number to tell you the truth. But I just wanted to make that, and all I wanted, and and I remember coming up for a bonus, a yeah, bonus at the end of the year, and I was really close to getting that number, and I thought I worked so hard because I did this deal for them, and they said, well, you know, you were on maternity leave, so there won't be a bonus, and then I obviously went to HR, but be, after that, I felt this isn't the right place for me, one financially, and two, they just don't get me, um, so that's when I I really went in deep dove into strength finder type books, personality profiling, disc profiling. And I was so glad that I found that because I, I clearly didn't know who I was. And that's going back to my initial comment to you. I really like where I am in life because I know more about me and what makes me tick. And so what I would say to younger people or people starting out is try to, you know, go ahead and take those personality profiling because it will help align you with what makes you happy, what makes you tick, and finding jobs associated with that. Never in my wildest dreams did I think I would be in sales. In college, uh, what? why would you need to go to college, right? So I have a master's degree, obviously bachelor's degree, of course. So I felt like um, sales, you know, <laughs> that's hysterical. Um, and little did I know that that's really what makes me tick because there's the part, um you know the education piece the technical piece but also the you know ed, um you know helping someone feel away right that's really what sales in my opinion is how do we make people feel so that they buy something from us whatever that thing is and so I would say I'm very happy and confident, and com- confident too, and competent right now. And the time when I, right before I made the switch to mortgage, was when I was in my like darkest place because I was stuck.
1: Now think about this. Okay, so now that now that both of those emotions have come back to you, right? Mm-hmm. What number would you give? Oh, your, your highest.
2: Like. Like, like I'm not a 10 right now. <laughs>
1: no, you can, that's fine. So let's just say you're a 10 right now, okay? Okay. What number would you say you were at your lowest?
2: Probably like a four or five. You know, okay. I'm not a, mis- i am not a mis—I was never miserable. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes I listen to podcasts. I'm like, wow, I never really had things that bad. Um, you know what I mean? And I, I, maybe I'm not as relatable as some people that went through some really dark times. You're but not... I was not really that bad. I was always like happy-ish. I just was looking for the fire, you know, yeah. whatever that 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 fire was. And and I feel like I found it
1: now. And so well, the re- the reason I bring this up, and like I said, you're not going to have as much of a, as of a swing as possible, or as most people. But no, oh. I I would tell people I could I considered myself for the longest time, for the large bulk of my career, I was never probably below a five. Right. But it's not until you get below that that you really appreciate those higher times. Right. And so, mm-hmm. anybody that I've ever asked that question to that says they've been at a four or below, they would give up half of their income. And that's mm-hmm. the number that they bring up. Cause I'm like, hey, what percentage of your income would you be, mm-hmm. would you give up if you were at a four or below to get back to an eight or above? And so, you know, when you were bringing mm-hmm. up, um, you know, people that, that, kind of phone it in or kind of coast or whatever else. I always wonder how much of that has to do with actual job satisfaction, loving what you do, loving the people that, cause there's people that they love the people that they work with. They may not love the job, but they mm-hmm. love what the mm-hmm. they work with. And then there's others sure. that love their job may not like the people that they work with, but if right. you can get both, that's amazing. I'm funny that you bring up the story about income because I remember, gosh, it was close to 20 years ago when I got in this business. Mm. Um,
2: That's amazing. Yeah.
1: I remember the guy that I was that, I mean, essentially was my, that was hiring me. He's like, Eric, how much money you want to make? And I'm like, well, you know what? I knew how much I was making. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, I'm going to shoot a little bit high and just see how that lands. Because I didn't know any better. And I'm like, man, I'd be super stoked if I could make like 80 grand a year. Mm
0: -hmm. And he's like,
1: Eric, if you don't make 100, I'll fire you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and that was wow yeah so i mean that that was all you know really i mean i thought it, i thought it was pretty funny but another point that you made sorry just kind of going down the the, the list here was about you know w- when it got into you know f- for me what translated well for me was truly around intent right mm-hmm. and so i believe it or not i i started my career um working uh, um at a car dealership oh neat and and where i guess i was found or discovered or whatever else it was but i used to i used to work in uh parts wholesale Mm -hmm. the only thing i did really know was cars i i still do i know everything about cars i know about makes models how to fix them you name it right anything and everything about cars and so when they put me in this role it was, I I caught on really quickly. Just all I had to learn was how to use the computer system. And then they moved me into wholesale, right? Didn't know what I was doing, but I always, what I would do is I would either call up, you know, different places or actually go visit them and just say, Mm -hmm. Hey, my name's Eric Peterson. Who's here's who I am. Here's what I do. After that, what was I even selling? Right. They knew what I did. And so all I would do after that point, after they knew was just, Shoot the breeze about the world or life or whatever else. And every time I would go to visit them, it was never, mm. I never wanted to be Eric from this place. I just wanted to be, hey, here's Eric. I want to talk to this guy. Like I enjoy the conversation. And the funny thing is, to me, it, it came down to intent. Yeah, my intent was to garner business, but I figured if they needed me and they liked me, they'd use me. Right. And I yeah. knew I knew that I would get a shot. And I was super successful. And, and I was, I was stoked that it transferred you That's like. Like when I first reached out to you, my intent wasn't, you know what? I'm just going to tell her about how great where I work is and stuff like, like that was never the intent,
2: right? Mm-hmm. The intent was
1: right. I realized the value. If I look at my career, I did not get here by myself. There's mm-hmm. people that impacted me along the way, which leads me to my last point, <laughs> that, which was one of the things that I shared with people over at, um, sales mastery. Was yes. that, and this was around, you know, you bringing up coaching is I don't think that going to those events are bad. I don't think getting coaching is bad, right? I, mm-hmm. I think it's great. But something that most people don't tap into, which surprises me is our vast network of incredible people who have a ton of answers that we have questions to, but we're either too prideful to ask, or we just don't know how to approach it. Mm-hmm. And, and I yep. really believe I really, I mean, because think about think about early on in your career before you ask a question where like, how do you get the phone ring? How do you do this? How do you do that? How many people you've met along the way that you would have felt comfortable now calling and saying, Hey, how are you doing this? Or okay. even on the flip side, how many people that you know that have watched your success actually call you and say, you know, like, how do you do this? And it's not that mm-hmm. they don't want to know it's, do they have the courage to ask without whatever it is, that's blocking them. And, and I'd love to figure out how to get people more open to just going. I think the more you share, the more others are willing mm. to share as well.
2: Yes. Yeah. I agree. Le- lead with that versus, and, and then, yeah, always, if you're always open to sharing, then people will approach you as well. Um, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I got
1: absolutely. A, and perfect segue. I got a text yesterday from somebody and I wasn't, I was a little ignorant to that, that this was even, even going on, but somebody I've known, I've known for years, years and years and years. And he he sent me a text. He's like, Hey, what are you guys doing about the increase in credit report fees, Uh, fees, sorry, fees. If, if you share, if you, if you're willing to share with you, with me, I'll pass what I hear from others to you, Mm -hmm. which I replied, no quid pro quo necessary. I will always share what I know. I will find out. By the way, I said just always know that I'm always willing to share whenever it's possible, right?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so,
1: but that's my point is is I wish he would have felt more comfortable just saying, "Hey, Eric, what are you guys doing mm-hmm. about this?" As opposed to saying, "Hey, if you share with me, I'll share with you." I don't need that, <laughs> but I think yeah. that's just the way we're wired. Is people only want to help when there's something in it, and that's the part of this side of the business that I'd love to change. I mean, do you? Yeah, I yeah, mean, is I agree. There anything yeah. you can think of to 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 help perpetuate that methodology or that thought process?
2: Well, I think where it stems from is that we are always somewhat competing with, you know, other lenders, right? So it's that feeling of competition and and coming from the client. So you feel like there's this enemy on the other side, uh, which is unfortunate, but, um, because you know, there's plenty of houses, plenty of people, plenty of, plenty of opportunities to help, um, Yeah, I mean, I was honored they invited me into like a local mastery group with just different lenders. And, you know, I've come up against some of them. So I was like, oh, enemy. But you know, as soon as I met them, I was like, oh, I really like them. You know what I mean? And and I do think we need to look out for one another because we all know clients can sometimes push us all to a point where it's like, this does is anybody making any money on this deal? You know, so I do think that there there could be opportunities. Um, if you do know the people to not beat each other up as much. Um, but yeah, how do I encourage sharing? Wow. You know, um, any, well, I guess anytime that someone asks me for something, I'm happy, happy to share them because they have to implement it. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of the hardest part. Um, I probably, you know, I'm a little bit in my hole with like reaching out to other lenders i probably reach out to more referral partners to try to share with them do you know what i mean but that would obviously serve me um so no this is this is like opening my eyes i have to tell you about sharing with other lenders <laughs> well, you know, beyond oh, my coaching group
1: and but see look that i always look for ways and and i always tell people I'm like listen i'm never going to be that person that that doesn't feel comfortable leveraging my relationships i always will because I've realized how, how much of an impact that is. Right. And, and it doesn't mean always, you know, people are always, always going to share, but you know what you're going to come across people in, in your life, in your career that change the way that you think. And the weird part about it is when you know, it's the right thing to do, but mm-hmm. yet everything that the world has taught you is counter to that idea it's very difficult to really dive in and get, and get used to. And and here's kind of one of my points is that, um, I was, I was asked to do, you know, a speaking engagement for a competitor and I was actually shocked. Right. And not because anything other than I can only see how that can be perceived by, you know, the people that work there. Right. And, you know, long story short, it went up the flagpole and I, I even told this person, I'm like, there's no way that they're going to go for that. Like I appreciate you thinking that. And by the way, I think I do a very good job at leaving the companies out of it, right? Because mm-hmm. there's there's always something of value that you can bring to the table and really what I wanted to shine a light on was intent on, mm-hmm. you know, how bad our side of the business has gotten over the years and and how we can fix it as a as as a community, as a group. And anyway, so it it didn't fly but but previous to that I had asked, you know, the, just the people that I work for and I asked them I'm like, "Hey, how would you feel if I did, you know, presentation for a competitor?"
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I wasn't surprised at the answer. Right? And the answer was essentially, you know, how can we be a group that talks about this abundance mindset and sharing what what we're doing with everybody else because what they're trying to what they what they brought to me was something bigger than what we think, which was the changes that we want to make for us all to benefit from, we can't do alone. We have to do it as, as with the mindset of, we may work at different companies, but we're on the same team.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So,
1: so it was, how can, how can we say that and preach that and then not allow you to go do this? So not only would I tell you that we're going to be fine with it, but I would encourage it. Right. And it's that kind of thing that I share with so many people of, of, we've just been trained to believe that, you know, there's certain things that we guard as our, our as our secrets, but the bigger picture yeah. is, and I, and I believe this, if you think about our industry and how much we have to pay to acquire debt, right? Mm-hmm. I can go to the bank and get a, a loan for 500 grand and they're gonna go, here's your money. This is the interest rate you have to pay on that money mm-hmm. to pay it back,
2: mm-hmm. Yes, right?
1: That's my fee, but in mortgage we pay an absorbent fee just to get the debt and then we pay in- interest on top of it right mm-hmm. and yes. so when you think about that you 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 have to realize that at some point somebody's going to go well how do we eliminate that right mm-hmm. and and if our only intent is to just to be able to say i did a really good job at holding this person's hand and educating them through the process then it's not going to be long before we have some way of streamlining all of our document. I mean, we're doing it right now to make originators job easier is, Hey, how can it scan all the documents so that somebody doesn't have to use a set of eyes and it's quicker, easy, less painful, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, how long before, if we're not adding an abundance of value to the client side, mm-hmm. not just for 30 days, but for, you know, mm-hmm. the rest of their lives or our lives or whatever, then how easy is it going to be to be taken over by, I don't know, an Robot. app or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so like, that's the, that's the thought behind it. So, so my, I guess my point is like, I'm going to go on forever about this, but my point is, is that every, everybody that I've come across for the most, part that's successful like, well, like you, right. I guarantee you that there's some intellectual property that you have that's valuable to me. And my hope is quite, you know, the, 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 the same is true for you. Right. But that's where I feel like we're all missing the boat is being so stuck in this person's my competitor and, you know, um, that we don't, we don't often take the time to go, you know, what can I learn from this person? How can they add value to me? And not only that, but I love, I love to give back too, mm-hmm. but, uh, I would love to see. And and by the way, you're already doing it. It, it because you mentioned it, how you've gotten together with a group of people that work at other companies, right? You'll mm-hmm. find that the more vulnerable somebody will be, the more everybody will, open up. It's very similar to mob mentality, right? Like somebody does something dumb and then somebody does something dumber on top of it. And then it just perpetuates. I believe the same happens when you get into like mastermind groups like that, where you go, where somebody goes, I can't believe you just shared that. Well, mm-hmm. well let me share something. So I think that's great. Right. I think you're part. Yeah, sure.
2: <laughs> well that too. And I think the realization that you don't all have to be the same way or the personality or the same approach, right? We, I think This job, as many sales jobs, you can be who you are. And I'm leaning into that authenticity and vulnerability and, um, is where you will be the most successful. So going back, finding, figuring out who you are and like leaning into that when you help your clients or your referral partners or your lender friends, right? You and I don't run our businesses the same way. We obviously don't say the same things to our clients. And I, I love that. Like, you know, for a long time I thought, what do you say? I will repeat this script right? Like, no, Um, that's not how I say it. That's not me. Um, And I I like that everybody can be their own in in the business, which is so neat. And I think like, even when someone says, oh, this realtor referred to somebody else, it's like, of course they did. Cause it's not, we don't all wear the same jeans, right? Like we're not all the perfect match. So I Mm -hmm. would prefer the realtor refer us people that we would Fit with, right? Versus someone that were not a good match. Yeah. There's, um, a, there's
0: a huge human component to this that, yes, this isn't a perfect equation that you can just always make work in your favor, right? You have to, you know, prepare. And then when an opportunity comes along, right? Like, you know, that's, that's luck, right? Opera, uh, opportunity meets preparation.
2: You know, mm-hmm. even
0: just being on this call, like, I feel like I've taken some notes as well, Eric, and like, it, it reinforces right? Like it reinforces a lot of the things that we believe. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when you were sharing that story, um, Eric, like I was thinking to myself, like, getting help is actually a skill. And mm, you have to have, you, you said courage, right? But you also have to have, I think, humility. Because mm-hmm. when you get in that room, Gina, with all those other people, like, and Eric, you touched on it, right? Like, you're putting out this energy, right? Like, if you're that giving type of person, right, you end up attracting like, would you say, Gina, that being now in that group for a period of time, you have really found who you're in alignment with, right, and who you, you know, share? They share a, a, a maybe a similar just cause or mission. Would you say? Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. I was a little nervous initially, but you're right. Opening up, sharing stories, learning about them and their business or their company, it 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 actually just supports that. Okay. This is what I'm doing. This works for me. I don't have to do that or be that way, but I appreciate that you do it that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I do, I, I think asking for help is an extremely difficult thing to do. So
1: um, it really is. Yeah. Know it's well, a very good point. It's, it's, it's not surprising that people don't typically ask people outside of the company, but it's crazy. Like when you hear about people that say, we don't even collaborate within our own company.
2: Wow. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, right.
1: You know they kind of do that that whole hey we want to have these top producers on on these calls and stuff like that and and the only thing they'll share is what everybody already knows they don't really yeah. share like the secret sauce it's more of a oh well you know call more realtors or call your clients like that's they already know that it's not it's not like the how do i make my business more efficient or maybe what i'm saying is different anyway but now we're at the point where this is this is actually my my
0: favorite part well hold on hold on me? there's one thing i oh. want to add oh hold good on. because what you just said i think is I want to hit on because a lot of the times people are trying to find a silver bullet or they'll ask like cheesy questions to top producers, like, how did you grow your business? And (laughs) I want to just acknowledge that I feel like maybe we think that this is so obvious, but there could be people out there who are like, how do I take it to the next level? Or how do I do some of those things? And I don't know, I want to ask you guys, do you feel like going outside of your organization to get help is actually one of those things that maybe is the catalyst for, for a lot of growth?
2: um not as ne- well yes and no right yes for the coaching 1000% i wouldn't be where i am today without having coaching help which what, which is they're all lenders from from different parts of the country within different companies so yes i would say that but i also think it's a simple concept of realization that just like you said earlier we are humans it's human to human interaction you're selling homes you're selling mortgage rates really but are we no we're not we're selling a feeling we're selling a a perception we're we're helping people have the confidence and clarity to move forward whatever it is to move forward and referring you to move forward and locking in a rate or buying a home right so it's just um making people feel and and understanding that you know what i mean like just meeting people where they are and helping them work through that thing so that they feel, um, you know, that, that they can buy a home or send you a lead, you know what I mean? So u- ultimately I think that was the biggest aha moment for me.
0: Nice. Very cool. Eric, yeah. take it away.
1: do you want to ask the inspiration question, Tom? You So it's one of my favorite questions, but, um, two questions, two parter. Question one is who inspired you growing up? And the second part is who inspires you now?
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Who inspired me growing up? You know, as soon as you said it, my dad came to mind, just probably also because we were working, talking about him earlier, um, his effort is like none other. And even my husband will joke because if he injures himself or something on the golf course, you've never seen someone put in the like physical therapy on, you know, wakes up, does his pushups, does his thing, does his stretches, uh, you know, eats the same thing he, he is so, um, you know, diligent, consistent, yes, regimented, diligent, and um, just without a, without a peep. And he's never complained talking about cursing earlier, the guy never curses, um, but he's very diligent, very practice focused. I mean, my mom would want to kill him because he'd go out and hit <laughs> buckets of golf balls at night, you know what I mean? And so I would say he certainly taught me the uh, work ethic and the the practice mentality, right? Um, I don't think any of us will ever be perfect, and but I do think we can practice to get A little bit better every day. I would say that was very inspirational because I watched him do it. You know, I lived with it. So I would say, uh, my dad. Uh, Who inspires me now? Oh boy. Okay. This is a tough one. Who inspires me? I mean, it's really my children, right? So I know this is sort of backwards, but like I can see things through them. You know what I mean? I can see them learning um, different concepts, whether it's through sports or academics or friendships, you know, that, um, that is inspirational because they're, they do not have any like preconceived, you know, notions or decisions or thoughts about it. Um, and they they inspire me to be better every day. And, and it's, quite funny because now we're at the point where they're teasing me and teasing, you know, my, my, whether it's my Philly accent or whether it's dad's always right. Um, but you know, sort of going full circle, Eric, because this is what motivates me earlier. You talked about your kids in the back of the car and what they said about you being cool. And (laughs) I take a lot of pride in that, right? Because I like to, I'm a, as I said earlier, I like how do people feel about me is important to me. Um, and I will tell you that it is, you know, um, as the holidays come up, it, um, my daughter came over to me and said, you know, you had mentioned you wanted a bracelet with like some sort of inspirational saying or something on the bracelet. And I found this for you and I thought you might like it. And she showed me on her iPad and it was a cute little bracelet bracelet, and it said, badass. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like, yes, you understand me. And you like, like that about me. You know what I mean? And I just, I was like, I feel so seen, you know, I just, um, so that really honored me it motivated me, inspired me, um, you know, that I'm, that I'm putting it out into the world and also too hard to her uh, to realize that it's cool to be a badass, you know, leader, boss, um, mom, right? Like it's, you can be all those things. So when I beat myself up about maybe working later, or obviously I don't really miss anything, but like, you know, maybe being, looking at my phone or something, yes, that's not a good thing to do all the time, but I am, I realize that it is, she's absorbing that, you know what I mean? And, and I, I was pretty bad. Pretty proud moment when your when your <laughs> daughter tells you she think you know she thinks you think you're a badass. <laughs> I don't know. That's it's awesome. just kind of funny, funny moment.
0: I love how I just, it's that's interesting that when you were younger it was kind of above you, and now that you're older, it's actually below you, right? Like your inspiration. Yeah. That's pretty trippy. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, look, like, Tom, you, you'll get there too as your kids get older. I mean, if you ever,
1: when you're inspired by your kids, it's amazing, and if you know. And in some ways, when you think about it, is that as we get older, we get so desensitized to the world that, that mm-hmm. one one of my one of my favorite um parts in the movie was uh oh gosh, what was that name of that movie? Um it was with Jeremy Renner. Uh shoot, I just had it too. Did anyway, you say Hurt Locker? He, he goes no. off to um, oh Afghanistan or Iraq or whatnot. Uh the Hurt Locker. Mm. The Hurt Locker. Did you ever say that Do you
2: I've, you froze for a minute, but yeah, we're back.
1: Did you, did you see that movie, The Hurt Locker? Hurt
2: Locker, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Do you remember that point where, I mean, he's all he's doing is diffusing bombs and it's like his mm-hmm. adrenaline is always at a high level. Then he comes home and he's standing in the grocery store like this. Yes. And you can just feel that emotion of... This is like flatlining board, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, the most mundane.
1: Yeah. Practice. But he's he's staring at his kid in in this playpen and he's just staring at him and he's he's amazed on the wonderment that his kid gets from the most simple thing. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's those things that I that I try and look at through my kids of just having mm-hmm. this more this more pure kind of thought not having as much of the world like you know put these these negative thoughts in your head and just kind of feeling uh, disproportionate to, to the way the world really is. But I think if you can be inspired by your kids as a parent, then, then you're seeing something in them that you admire. And mm-hmm. it's, it's usually around not, not only the way they see things and the way they think, but feeling like you're doing a good job or you're doing the best that you can and seeing that you're not ruining your kids and they feel a certain <laughs> way about you is amazing.
2: <laughs> well, also, it's cool when you can see them do things that you're not good at. You know, I, I can't play the trumpet, nor do I, I can't stand Michael's arts and crafts. And so my kids, <laughs> like, how does anybody like that? You know, I think that's really neat when you start to, yeah, the kids are are diff- better than you when they become better than you and other things. It's pretty wild.
1: Yeah, yeah I've always, I've been that parent. I oh. didn't know if it was right, but I would always be very competitive with my children. And I oh, still- Oh, for sure.
2: A thousand Never- percent.
1: Like not never to the point where like I just destroy them and stuff. Like I would just beat them yeah. by a little bit, right? But I'm telling you now. I mean, shoot, yes. they're they're most of my kids are 17 or older, and okay. so at this point now they're, they're beating definitely me. beating you. They're beating <laughs> me at things, and I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm not only proud that they've they've gotten to the point where they are, but I can only imagine, and I hope they feel this way how does it feel knowing that I never let you win and you're w- winning and beating me on your own merit? Right.
2: <laughs>
1: and so anyway, I don't
0: no, know. That, I, I think ESPN I do destroy Senators my four-year-old. <laughs> I, I destroy oh, the, you're four-year-old. the
2: four-year-old.
0: <laughs> yeah. I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old and the four-year-old is com- very competitive like my wife. And Hey, nice. it, I treat him like the one episode of Bluey. Do you guys watch Bluey? No, I don't know what that is. You don't have young kids. That's a new show. I think <laughs> I know I could, if you show me a clip, I could tell you what season and what episode that we watch it the <laughs> it like all a blue time. dog
2: or something it like that? It is the blue dogs.
0: They're Australian. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's great. Okay. And they teach so many good things, oh. but the dad, good, in that show, there's an episode where the dad's like, exactly what you just said. He's like, you got to do it on your own. It's like, no, like, I'm not just going to let you win. Like then you yeah. don't learn anything.
2: Still still yeah, crush your four year old.
0: I'm gonna continue to crush your four year old for, well, for now. for now, He's sure. probably already beating you stuff, Tom. Actually, he does beat me at the matching game once in a while, like the card match. He's got a Ooh. brain. I ask him, I don't he learned this at school, but he starts to say, I ask him, How'd you do that or whatever? And he's like, I use my brain. And oh. I'm like, That's adorable. That's cute. <laughs> well, I will in closing, I just wanted to share this, Gene.
1: I will I will tell you that that these are the things in the, and the conversations that stick in my mind was that I, I appreciate that the very first time that I called you, you were, you were very kind and very giving of your time on the phone. And those are the things that I never forget. I appreciate that about people because I understand that the, the world that we currently live in and, and the perception that that comes off yeah. on, on whatnot, but I do appreciate that. I will tell you um, the, you know, just the way people feel about you in the industry you may not always hear about it but you know it's i I would love for people to say the same things about me let's put it oh
2: that's nice thank you so much yeah i think when you (laughs) called me by the way you said you answered i said you called me (laughs) (laughs) I think you're, you know, sometimes people just, you know, forward calls and stuff. But if my phone rings and I answer, I, I like to answer. I think maybe that's what it is. The secret sauce. Answer your phone. Answer
0: your phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's another another obvious pro tip right there. Answer your phone. Well, the cool thing yeah. is like, I I love having conversations
1: with people like years down the road who going, hey, do you remember how we, like how we first met? Because you never know where it's going to go. But I look at all the of the most amazing relationships I have with people in this business and the large majority of them started with a phone call and it's just, it's kind of oh, crazy. Wow. So you just never know where it's going to go, but so super sure. appreciative of your time. I know we went a little bit over, but um, oh, I had—I love doing these things and, and I, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on. It was yep.
2: my pleasure. I could talk to you guys for a few hours. I'm pretty sure. So <laughs>
0: there you go. There probably you go.
2: good that you noticed that we can, okay, to cut it off, but I well, appreciate um, it so much. I wish you nothing but the best. It was a pleasure, um, to, to get to know you better. And I look forward to, um, to listening to more of your podcasts and your different guests.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate and it. Thank so you. I'll close it out to anybody who, uh, uh, if you got something from this, feel free to give it a like, share it with somebody else who will get something from it. Really appreciate you, Gina, again, making the time. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next video. Take care. Cool. Bye. See ya.